No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Living under grace means that sometimes when we least expect it and least deserve it, God shows up to reveal his love for us and his plan for our lives. Such was the case for Jacob at a time he felt most unworthy. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 35 on Simply the Bible. God had told Jacob to return to the land of his fathers and to his family. But Jacob had settled for about 10 years in Succoth and then Shechem. The time in Shechem was a disaster. His daughter Dinah was violated by the prince of the city, and his sons Simeon and Levi killed all the men of Shechem in reprisal. Jacob feared that the inhabitants of the land would wipe him out. At a most unlikely time, God spoke to Jacob. We pick it up in Genesis 35. Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. Bethel had been the place where Jacob first met God. There God first promised to be with Jacob wherever he went and to bring him back safely. It was the place where Jacob made a vow saying that the Lord would be his God The stone he set up would be God's house, and he would give a tenth to God of all that he received. Now it was time for Jacob to go back and make good on his vow. God was calling Jacob back to the place of his first commitment. Because we so naturally think of God's blessings coming as a result of our own good works, it is sometimes difficult to comprehend grace. But grace is God giving us the good that we don't deserve. With so much going wrong at Shechem, probably the last thing Jacob expected was for God to speak to him. Sometimes we get the feeling that God is just waiting to punish us for the bad things we've done. The truth is that he waits to be gracious to us. God desires our fellowship. When we have strayed and backslidden, but then come to our senses, We can count on God always being there to meet us and restore us. But it's up to us to go back to him, to that place of our first commitment. Verse 2, And Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and has been with me in the way which I have gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods which were in their hands, and the earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree, which was by Shechem. I view this as Jacob's finest hour. He had failed to be the spiritual leader in his home, But now that God spoke to him, he was encouraged to call his family to be God's covenant people. Fatherhood has been critically wounded by our culture. Often the entertainment media makes fathers look like buffoons. But fatherhood is something that we as men share with God. It is not to be taken lightly, but is to be fully embraced in all its rights and responsibilities. 
God has given fathers a great place of influence in their families. Although Jacob had neglected his duty, we see him taking charge here in a way that demonstrates why he was chosen by God. Jacob prepares his family to meet the Lord in three ways. First, he tells them to put away the foreign gods among them. Before they left Paden Aram, Rachel stole her father's household idols. When Simeon and Levi plundered Shechem, they took all that was in their homes. No doubt this included the Canaanite gods. Rachel's sin of idolatry had now spread to the entire household, and Jacob had tolerated it up to this point. But if they are going up to Bethel, and incidentally, we always go up to meet the Lord, then they need to get rid of these other gods that the Lord views as spiritual adultery. Second, Jacob tells them to purify themselves. The Hebrew word means to cleanse and usually refers to washing something in water. Jacob probably had physical washing in mind, but there is a spiritual meaning. They must be cleansed from the filth of this world, whether it is external or internal. The Apostle John wrote in his first epistle, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We really cannot purify ourselves from sin. Only God can do this through the blood of Jesus Christ as we confess our sins and trust in him. Third, Jacob tells them to change their clothes. Clothing in the scripture symbolizes our deeds. They had been clothing themselves with the deeds of the world rather than the deeds of God's covenant people. If they are going to meet with God, then they need to strip off the old and put on the new. Paul wrote in Ephesians 4.22, Put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Then Jacob tells them, Let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me in the way which I have gone. Jacob tells them where they are going, what they will do when they get there, and why it is important. In the process, he shares with them his own testimony of how God met him at Bethel when he was fleeing from Esau and has been with him ever since. As our children grow older, we can't just tell them what to do. We must explain why. We should also share with them our own testimony of God's work in our lives. How else can we pass on our faith to the next generation? The result of Jacob's leadership and testimony is that they give Jacob all their foreign gods and earrings. In that culture, earrings were associated with idolatry. Jacob buries them under the terebinth tree by Shechem. It was time to put the old life six feet under. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were all around them. And they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. 
Jacob is worried that the inhabitants of the land will wipe him out, but instead the terror of God falls upon them so that they let Israel go. When we put God first, he really does take care of our enemies. Verse 6, So Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all the people who were with him. And he built an altar there and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared to him when he fled from the face of his brother. Jacob builds an altar and offers sacrifices. Decades earlier, he vowed to give God a tenth of all he gave to him. Now he makes good on the promise in the same place where he made the vow. Jacob calls the place El Bethel, which means God of the house of God. To Jacob, Bethel was the place of his first commitment, where he knew that God was real. It is important that we also have our own Bethel, a place of reference where we committed ourselves to Christ. I grew up in church, but I also strayed away in my teenage years from what I knew was right. I desired to taste of the world and the pleasures of sin. But rather than enjoying them, my conscience troubled me, and I knew I was living a double life. When I was 19 years old, I went forward at the end of a church service and asked God to take away the stuff that was keeping me from my commitment to Him. To my delight and surprise, He did. In a sense, this was my Bethel experience. From that point on, everything changed. I went from not knowing if I was saved to knowing that if I died, I would go to heaven. And since then, I've had ups and downs, but I've never looked back, and I've never doubted my salvation. Has there been a Bethel experience in your life? Verse 8. Now, Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried below Bethel under the terebinth tree. So the name of it was called Alanbacath. Deborah had been Rebecca's nurse and had probably helped raise Jacob and Esau when they were boys. Her presence with Jacob likely indicates that Rebecca was dead. It is possible that she brought news of Rebecca's death to Jacob while he was living in Succoth or Shechem and remained with him after that. But when the family arrives in Bethel, Deborah dies and Jacob buries her under a terebinth tree, which he names Alanbacath, meaning terebinth of weeping. Then God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padan Aram and blessed him. God appears to Jacob here again and blesses him. When we return to that place of our first love with God, we can expect him to meet us there and bless us. And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. God reaffirms Jacob's new name and new nature. No longer will he be the heel catcher, but rather the one ruled by God. It's time for Jacob to grow up into the fullness of his calling. One of the best encouragements to holy living is to consider your new nature. You are a new creation in Christ. Jesus is giving you a new name in heaven. You are a child of the King. You belong to Almighty God.
verse 11. Also God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you, and kings shall come from your body. The land which I give Abraham and Isaac, I give to you and to your descendants after you, I give this land. Then God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. God also reaffirms to Jacob the blessing of Abraham to give him a nation and to give him and his descendants the land of Canaan. He adds to it that kings will come from his body. So Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, a pillar of stone, and he poured a drink offering on it, and he poured oil on it. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke with him Bethel. In response, Jacob constructs a more permanent memorial pillar to replace the stone he set up 30 years earlier. Fulfilling his vow, this pillar was now God's house. He pours oil and a drink offering on it which is the first time a drink offering is mentioned in Scripture, speaking of joy. Jacob had sanctified himself and his family, returned to Bethel, renewed his commitment, and fulfilled his vows. Undoubtedly, his former sorrow and fear had turned to joy and peace. Now he was acting like Israel. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to the website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. We'd love to hear from you. Life is a strange mixture of joy and sorrow, birth and death. We rejoice in the birth of a child, and we mourn the death of those we love. Through it all, God works out His plan for our lives. We hope you'll join us tomorrow for more lessons from the life of Jacob on Simply the Bible.